Welcome to Onco Farm. I'm your host, John Bazaar. I am a professor of pharmacy practice here at the supporting sponsor of Onco Farm, ETSU's Bill Gatton College of Pharmacy. We are winding down here in the month of February of 2023. Last episode of the of the short month here. Uh, this is a topic um, that has been literally on my desk since uh, since the summer. And uh, every time I, I think I'm going to uh, tackle it, there seems to be something more pressing that's come out uh, regarding oncology. And uh, I like to, to do some other stuff here and there uh, as well. So this is something I've been meaning to get to. I'm going to walk you through how I, I landed on this topic. So in uh, in June of, um, of 2022, a, a review article was published in, uh, in Journal of Clinical Oncology, JCO um, Oncology Practice, which is like a practice-based journal. So they do a lot of nice reviews and updates and stuff like that. And this one caught my attention. It's a cannabis use in uh, patients with cancer, a clinical review. And actually there's a Emily Hajar as one of the co-authors who's a, a pharmacist. Um, and, and weed is everywhere uh, in, in society these days. So more and more patients are, are using cannabis in some way uh, to varying degrees of transparency. So something that I, I wanted to familiarize myself with. Um, a lot of what's in this review talks about how we got to this uh, place with the Farm Bill 2018, purported benefits of cannabis use, and some of summarizing some of that evidence, uh, which uh, was largely reviewed for me. But one of the things that piqued my interest in this study is they talk about some evidence that cannabis may have, um, for lack of a better word, and there are better words, a drug interaction with immunotherapy, with immune checkpoint inhibitors. It might decrease the effectiveness of immune checkpoint inhibitors. And as any good review article does, it references these things, and, and that allows me, the reader, to pull those references and read for further detail. So that's what I want to focus on today is, is this kind of emerging field of evidence that perhaps cannabis may decrease the effectiveness of, of immune checkpoint inhibitors. So the two studies they reference both come from Israel. Uh, from uh, you know, There are some overlapping authors here, so it looks to be the same, uh, the same group doing this research. The first was published in The Oncologist in 2019, uh, and it's Cannabis Impact Impacts Tumor Response Rate to Nivolumab in Patients with Advanced Malignancy. So this was a retrospective uh, cohort study uh, done in Israel in 2015, 2016, way, way back in the days when we didn't even see a pandemic on the horizon. Uh, and they have uh, 90 patients or so that received immunotherapy and 51 who received immunotherapy plus cannabis. Uh, they go in uh, and they describe the cannabis process in Israel here in a little bit. Um, so, it, you know, it's a small study. It's less than 200. They have our baseline demographics that you can't tell a ton from, but they're all getting the volume app. And what is interesting is, um, you know, they actually uh, they actually uh, get blood samples from some of these folks, and they use high performance liquid chromatography (HPLC) to to measure detection of, uh, of phytocannabinoids in the blood, um, and they can actually uh, then correlate that to high THC, low THC, high CBD, low CBD, etc. Anyway, what they found looking back at this is that patients who use cannabis had lower response rates to immune, to nivolumab than those who did not use cannabis. Now, the numbers are low, and the spread is very wide in renal cell carcinoma and melanoma relative to non-small cell lung cancer. Um, there was no difference in progression-free survival or overall survival between cannabis users and users, and you could, uh, I think, fairly easily correlate that were there tr a true diminishing effect on uh, immune checkpoint inhibitor use with cannabinoids or cannabis, 
that the study's too small to see a difference in PFS and OS, especially in a disease like, say, metastatic non-small cell lung cancer, where they're not going to do uh, that well to begin with. But certainly intriguing and raises the question, doesn't prove it by any means, but raises the question, does cannabis consumption decrease the activity of immune checkpoint inhibitors, or does it delay the activity uh, and the effectiveness of immune checkpoint inhibitors in folks with, uh, with advanced disease who are all metastatic patients, okay? So that was, that was 2019, this publication came out. Uh, and then in, in 2020, they have a, another publication uh, that is published in the journal Cancers. Uh, it's cannabis consumption used by cancer patients during immunotherapy correlates with poor clinical outcome. Now, they, they do uh, some, uh, it's kind of a similar study to what they, these, uh, some of these authors had done, but they have some added blood analysis here as well that is interesting. So this is 68 uh, cannabis non-users and 34 cannabis users, so slightly a smaller study than what they just did. Um, and these are all patients with metastatic disease receiving an immune checkpoint inhibitor. Um, they actually are able to get data from the cannabis suppliers in Israel for some of these 34 patients using cannabis. Um, and they measured uh, blood samples to look for, um, for endogenous substances of the uh, endocannabinoid system before and after immunotherapy use. And they're also looking at response rate, progression, free survival, overall survival, etc. So when you look at our baseline demographics, you know, you only have 34 in the cannabis use, so and when, they, when you do your, you know, your chi-score test or whatever, there's no statistically significant difference in any of these variable, in these demographic groups. <clears throat> However, I will say that if you look at it, the cannabis users were less likely to be an ECOG performance status of 0 or 1 by about 10%, and they said therefore about 10% more ECOG performance status to advanced cancer after advanced cancer after advanced cancer will show you that uh, one of the most reliable um, prognostic factors and predictors for how well you will do is uh, ECOG performance status. So, so more of these folks had an ECOG performance status of two or worse. They're not going to do as well. Uh, more of them uh, in the cannabis user group um, had cancers other than melanoma, which we know does probably better. You know, you rather have melanoma than you would non-small cell lung cancer. We'll put it that way. And then... Um, Probably the biggest demographic difference is that 76% of people in the cannabis user group were getting second line of treatment or, or later compared to just 55%, 54% in those who weren't using cannabis. So probably later in their disease, um, uh, the natural history of their disease. So, so maybe prime not to do as well. Uh, another interesting baseline demographic is the cannabis users numerically had um, were more likely to have lymphopenia, to have an absolute lymphocyte count less than 1,500, uh, which we know how immune checkpoint inhibitors work. They work by unleashing the power of, of T lymphocytes. Uh, so if you have fewer T lymphocytes to begin with, seems plausible that the drug may not work as well. Now, I set all that up because what I'm about to tell you are some, what would appear to be striking differences in, in a magnitude of benefit from immune checkpoint inhibitor. So the median time to treatment, uh, to tumor progression, so the time that you have you know, progression uh, of the disease, the median time to that was 3.4 months in those using cannabis versus 13.1 months in those not using cannabis. Um, the median overall survival for cannabis use was 6.4 months compared to 28, almost, yeah, almost five times as much, 28.5 months in those who did not use cannabis. <clears throat> so a huge treatment effect. Um, and they do all the stats and everything for that. Uh, some of that could be explained by more of them were 
you know, second line or, or later treatment, for example, based on when the study was done uh, in the late 20 teens. Um, but um, so certainly doesn't prove it. And actually the confounders maybe would suggest even even if you cut that effect size in half, that would still be, I think, a clinically significant detriment in the effectiveness of immune checkpoint inhibitor if that were to be true and verified with prospective uh, controlled trials. Uh, they also have blood samples from 14 um, patients uh, that they were able, they, so they had blood samples from 36 people before immune, immune checkpoint inhibitor. And then of those 36, it looks like they were able to get blood in 14 of those patients after they finished immune checkpoint inhibitor for a period of time. And they see a lot of changes in concentrations of uh, endogenous uh, endocannabinoids or, or endocannabinoid-like substances. Most of them uh, went down, but some of them went up. And what's interesting is the um, uh, uh, cannabis use did not seem to affect uh, how those levels change. They change in everybody. Uh, so the immune checkpoint inhibitor certainly has some effect, along with advanced cancer perhaps, uh, on uh, the endocannabinoid system. And uh, the endocannabinoid system is involved in, um, in, uh, in immunotherapy or in, in the effectiveness of, of immunotherapy. Uh, endocannabinoids um, have a couple different effects on the immune system. Uh, this is some of the, uh, some of the, uh, the rationale for doing a study like this in that uh, cannabinoid drugs um, induce apoptosis of T cells, macrophages. Uh, they inhibit cell uh, proliferation of immune cells. They inhibit production of chemokines and cytokines. And they induce uh, Tregs, which have an inhibitory effect on the immune system. So, you know, I think the risk of invasive fungal infections in people who inhale cannabis uh, is a reason to... to uh, to educate and persuade against their use in patients with advanced cancer. This is added, um, um, you know, added evidence, although, to be honest, low-quality evidence uh, to avoid cannabis in patients receiving immune checkpoint inhibitors with advanced cancer. Uh, there certainly are, are the possibility of drug interactions based on uh, cannabidiol content and things like that. Um, but as long as patients know that and they're aware of the potential risks, if they want to do that because they have metastatic cancer and they're terminally ill and, and the cannabis makes them uh, able to deal with that in some small way, then uh, I'm not going to argue against it. just want to make sure that they're making the best decision for themselves and that you are, are helping them to make the best decision. Uh, I'll link these articles in the show notes so you can pull them, review them on your own. But something interesting that I was not aware of uh, and perhaps maybe you have learned something as well. Uh, I hope so. Thank you all so much for listening, for all the, uh, the comments and social media messages and stuff over the years. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FarmDeetNib, and you can follow the, the show on both Twitter and Instagram at OncoFarmPod. And until I talk to you again, remember, doses matter. Thank you.